Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. What's the frequency, Kenneth? Uh, <laughs> I don't know, man. 104.9, baby. 104.9, is that XFM? Oh, yeah, I think it is, actually. Yeah. <laughs> Shit. You've not worked there for years. No, what, what's... Uh, what's absolute... I can't remember absolute. You don't call it out these days, do you? Because it's all digital, right? What's a... What's a... Uh, wait, no, no. No. Oh, wait, no, oh, wait, nine, eight. Oh, wait, nine, eight. 50, 50, 50. 50. Yeah. Um, episode one nine six of the Luke and Pete show. Yeah, apologies uh, to my current employer. That was a bit of a mind fart. Yeah, no worries. No, 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 they're not. Um, not from that station. No, nope. they're no good content. If it hit them over the head, they've got you, <laughs> they've got you on their station for goodness sake. <laughs> What's been going on, Pete? How's your week going? Um, not a lot has happened. I've been busy all over the gaff. I uh, again, I've been on uh, drive time, so I've just been like kind of not really knowing what to do with my evenings. What to do a, a film uh, quiz? On Tuesday, that was a lot of fun. But other than that, it's been quite quiet. So you, when you come, is it? Is it? I don't mean this to be mean or to sound right. annoying. Annoying, okay, yeah. But when you come home to your own flat on your own, is it a bit? Is it a bit shit? Yeah, it is. Why don't you just move in with a woman or a man? All right, I'll move in with a woman or a man. Yeah, I'll put an advert on Gumtree. Weird man demands <laughs> companionship. <laughs> How, how weird would you make yourself out of 10? If, so, if someone called up and said, hello, you said weird man in your, in your advertisement. <laughs> I don't mind a bit of weirdness, but I just want to get to the bottom of how weird you are. Mm. Can you please give me a mark out of 10? And yeah. 10 is like fucking Charles Manson. Right. And one is, you know, the boring guy who works in accounts. Right. What are you? Um, don't kink shame me. No, I won't. I won't. <laughs> but I'd be a four, I reckon. Yeah. On that scale. And what was the I'm weird... quite a solitary animal, what... I would say. I agree with that. Yeah. What pushes you up into a four? Uh, the all oh, the, the exotic masturbating I do, <laughs> the danger, the costumes, the, the um, theatre of it all. <laughs> you also have a uh, very extensively equipped gaming chair as well. Yeah, that is that is a bit. I've noticed that um, when I eat my Chinese, sometimes there'll be a, a little bit of beef that'll fall down the side of the gaming chair, which I never had before. And I've discovered there's a there's quite a cache of uh, oh, really. Cache of, uh, of of discarded foodstuffs down the side. And I was like, "Wow, the, gamers are disgusting." It, and I am obviously a gamer. Is that something that you sort of think is attractive <laughs> to romantic partners? Not really. No. <laughs> Anybody with a gaming chair's got a really, you know, you got to have a big house to be able to hide that sort of thing away. Is it a red flag? Do you think if you if I if I was to if I was to find myself single and I went around to someone's house yeah. and uh, and I found that they had a gaming chair, should yeah. that be a red flag? I think as long as it's got like the plastic bit on the bottom that has wheels. There are those ones that are a bit like rumpus roomy. They just they just have a thick base 
and they just sit on the floor and they and they probably have speakers in the back as well. You I haven't got that? No, I haven't got that. Why I not? think that's because that's childish. Um, that's quite childish, and it's for a it's for a that's for a gaming room. That's for a rumpus room. That's for people who own a shed that they call their man cave. Children, right. fucking children. So in the US, because there is the prevalence of of basements mm. is very very wide and yeah. large, you get a lot of people um, who are able to to have that kind of setup in their basement because it's yeah. just a sort of dead room really. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so you get a lot of really good setups there. <laughs> Some great audiophile setups. Yeah. There's a great Twitter um, uh, page that um, I forget the name now, but it basically goes through um, Reddit. There's a section in Reddit where it's just mainly blocks sort of showing off their um, their setup, like their basically their bedroom or their you know their feng shui style sort of living room. What for masturbating? Where's that come from? I thought you said sex threads on Reddit. No, like a like a thread. It's just a thread. I didn't say sex thread. I can't remember what I said. Okay, right. def- on this occasion, I did not say. Okay, but it's like an interior design kind of. Uh, kind oh, of for, for 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 men who've who've single and have got their own thing going on. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. So yeah, it's 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 it's. But it's basically just people sort of uh, sort of showing off their setup. Might be like their audio file kind of set up there. How they've got their television set up. Um, yeah. How they've got how they've worked their LEDs and stuff. Sure. And it is always fucking obscene and it's just people sort of replying going please don't buy that like people are like, why is it obscene male living spaces dot text it's, okay it is it's just wonderful um yeah just some of them are just uh, you, you kind of wonder how these men uh managed to sort of live their lives it really is something horrible yeah living room of an audio file there you go look that looks pretty good does it yeah it's got a big picture of a whale um blue lampshades and just the speakers uh, yeah, this is not a dedicated listening room, but my living room. The couch, yeah, there is the, it, it, there's always like a catch. Um, the couch is like an Ikea Freerton, uh where I sleep. There is a low board out of sight, and that's about it. Wow, it's a minimum. And, then, and so the re- reply is, you sleep on a couch. It's because he spent so much money on the audio equipment, he has to sleep on a couch. My God. <laughs> yeah, this is, I think what it is, Pete, is a great example of what happens if men go unchecked. Yes, massively. Isn't it? It's quite, it's quite, and this guy is trying to defend his setup. He's got a beautiful audio system. Uh, it's quite a comfy uh, sleeper sofa, and I have a memory foam topper on top of it. It's good. Blue Crayons says, bruh. And No Donkey Brains replies, it's good. He uses the expensive equipment to make lovely ocean sounds to cover the sound of his crying. <laughs> <laughs> but there are some glorious, disgusting uh, male living spaces. Look at that. that Just is... a, a beer, a phone charger, and what looks like a... Um, it's like a footstool. It's like a footstool that he's sleeping on. Yeah. yeah. Uh, he's updated it since, though. He's put a little coaster underneath the beer. Uh, quite like. Yeah, so if men if men get to a certain yeah. age and they've got no partner to kind of set them on the right on the right uh, path, shouldn't need them. Shouldn't need them. No, but that's what happens, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, there was there was definitely a a, a decent uh, length Vice photo journal of mm. a guy who spent all of his photography time uh, photographing single men's bathrooms. <laughs> right. Okay. Yeah. And it was... I don't think I'd fare well on that one, to be honest. It was awful. It was, it was just really, really depressing. <laughs> We're doing this one. <laughs> it's a, uh, he's gone for a minimalist dad at an under-12 soccer game. But is he t- are they taking the piss? No, I don't think so. I don't know why the, 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 the chair, the folding uh, kind of chair is facing a window, though. That's a bit problematic. Yeah. What's he up to? Um, Pete, something else is a bit problematic. Again. Have you seen this um, news story about this public toilet in Wales? 
Oh yes, I have seen that actually. I saw so it yesterday, yeah. For those of you listening who haven't seen it, uh, the, mm. the headline is as follows: Port called public toilet plan includes anti-sex measures. Public toilets plan for a seaside town will include design features aimed at deterring vandalism, rough sleepers, and sexual activity. Violent movement within the toilet would activate a water jet to soak users automatically open the doors and sound an alarm. That's problematic for me because you know how I celebrate my poops because I don't know many of them. I do most of my poops with a... Buddy, you're a boy, a big nice being in the street, gonna make a big shit one day. It's the only way I can poop. So yeah, you need to build yourself up to it. I'm getting spread. Well, I'm getting water spread. You I, come in with a uh, a big sort of like silk dressing gown on, boxing gloves. Yeah, I'm ready. <laughs> <laughs> I'm ready. So yeah, let, let me just repeat that. Violent movement mm. would activate a water jet to soak users, automatically open the doors, and mm. sound an alarm. You're not going to go in there. That's the thing. That's no. my problem. If you go, in, if you're desperate for the toilet, if you go in there and end it with any kind of pace to the even just to the urinal, <laughs> in. Ah! yeah. Well, great. Now I'm soaked. Warning. Warning. Wanking. Wanking. Hand jobs. <laughs> Wanking. Up, warning. Step away from the your own penis. It's, it, it sounds like Daily Mail Island over there. I don't know what the hell is going on in there, but they don't like bombing. I mean, they, at a serious point, the um, the provisions for public um, toilets are certainly in central London fucking awful. Uh, and there's a reason why there's just fucking human shit in the streets at the moment, because there just, there just aren't any public um, facilities. There's lots of pretemanges. I'd point out that a lot of premises don't even have toilets, which is very frustrating. Yeah, mm. I, th- I think I'm think... saying there's nowhere for homeless people to go shit. Yeah, you're confusing, and this, so- and this sort of crap doesn't help. I don't think Pret are to blame for that, though, are they? Um, you're kind should, of confusing. If two you're selling there. food, I think you should uh, have a uh, washroom in there. What for homeless people? Food? For homeless people, for anyone who's using the facilities. So I think I think the council does need the local council needs to take more responsibility. Mm. My, I come at it from a, a slightly different angle though, because in this story. The town can now Port Call. I, I don't know that area of the world very well. Um, we've had a lot of chat about how particular areas of the country and, and Wales is very much included in this. It's going to be far worse off after Brexit mm. because of the lack of EU subsidies. The town council in Port Call are happy to pay one hundred thirty-five thousand pounds on stopping people doing this kind of stuff in public mm. toilets. It's kind of a bit like. Mm, is there another way you could be spending that money? I think you'd be surprised how much public facilities actually cost. I mean, that's probably sure, going yeah. right with, but with the extra weird fucking the extra features, anti anti cottaging fucking the bollocks. added features. I mean, and also it's like they've got like pressure plates that if you if you're like uh, if it senses that there's two people in one cubicle, it's like mate, there are people who are the weight of two people. Yeah, easily. Thinking I'm easily the, the the weight of two teenagers. <laughs> You're not. <laughs> you're about eight stone wet through, Donald. All right, mate. What, um, what, so what you're saying is people aren't going to be able to take drugs either? Well, that only take... Well, exactly. So people can take drugs. How can people... I mean, they, they've solved the trick in drugs thing because they put those um, blue lights up so you can't find a vein. Oh, is that right? Yeah, that's why you find blue lights in uh, old public toilets because in the 80s, late 80s, they put a lot of blue lights in so you can locate a vein. Mm. Mm. But that's a, that's a solitary pursuit. I'm talking about the pressure pad thing for people taking cocaine why would cocaine. they be getting cocaine in the toilet, in, in the park toilet? That's just what some people do, isn't it? Uh, well, I mean, I don't know where you got a party. But I don't well, go to a park. It's annoying. I got actually, a park with a rap because I spent a, a lot. Rap a Charlie. I spent a lot of my partying in public toilets in Fourth Call. <laughs> this is going to really mess me up. I'll have you know. <laughs> Incredible. I also I, I, I mentioned it on Monday. This is not related to any kind of public toilet activity, but I mentioned on Monday that I went to Cambridge for the day, mm. um, and. I did. It was on Saturday. I went up there with uh, my good lady wife 
Cambridge is a lot busier than I remember it. Certainly. Is there still a lot of, lot of bikes there? A lot of Chinese lot of people. A lot, yeah, a, yeah. a lot of Chinese tourism yeah. there. I mean, as soon as you come off the, um, out the train station, all the signs are in Chinese as well. Yeah. For people. I, I don't know why it's so popular with Chinese people, but it is. Uh, it might just be the um, history and the colleges and the Harry Potter type vibes. Harry Potter! Um, but I went to, um, it's funny to me because I, you, get, you get seduced into that mindset where you think, because you live in London, you think, right, as soon as we get out of London for the day, it's going to be beautiful and quiet. Uh, Everywhere's going to be... No, I don't got a camp. Yeah, Christ. it's absolutely rammed. central, man. But not only that, they can't deal with it. In London, we can sort of deal with it. They right, used they to don't it. have the infrastructure. No. <laughs> so uh, an example of this would be, what's one of the things you want to do when you go to Cambridge? And Mimi hadn't been there before, so we were going up there. Go on a punt on the river, right? Yeah. That's one of the main yeah, things yeah, you do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And there's loads of different places you can go on a punt, and we went on to TripAdvisor, found one that looked good. Get in the queue. Right. I don't want to get on my high horse here, but... It's not a great combination when the punting service itself is being run by lily-livered, wet blanket, never had a real job students, right? Right, who find it not only impossible to organise anything, right. but cannot communicate to Chinese tourists that don't speak any English, right? So what you then had was <laughs> you have this punt that say it sits eight people yeah. to go on the river, and there's a party of like four Chinese tourists, yeah. right, or five. Mm. They can't get across to them that you can have your five in there, but because there's a queue a fucking mile long, three other people, a party of three are going to go in there yep. to fill the boat. Yeah. So they end up just not bothering. So you stay there. We, we waited for an hour and didn't get anywhere near a boat. Right, because it was full of... Uh, and this boat's going past you with punts. two people in it. <gasps> it's absolutely scandalous. <laughs> I'm Is fuming. It? This might be your worst argument. Can I make it even worse right. by saying that the reason they're so shit is because the footfall there is so large mm. that they haven't got to be good and they'll still absolutely kill it money-wise because right, okay, it's yeah, 20 yeah. quid a throw or whatever. Buy a, buy a punt. Yeah, there's so many people over and over again. <sighs> yeah, it's, yeah, it's um, sickening. I'd, uh, but I didn't let it bother me, as you can tell. I'd, uh, I'd um, scuttle all of them. Yeah, I'd I would. scuttle every last one of them. I did think about it would be good to... See someone go in the water, that would make me feel happier. But it <laughs> Did didn't you see that um, Newcastle uh, fan trying to steal a boat in, uh, oh, in, in no. East Anglia, Anglia no. uh, at Norwich this week? How has uh, this, this not week? made a ramble this week? <laughs> he was a young lad and he was uh, trying to humorously steal someone's boat on, uh, on, on a canal. Um, but of course, he put two feet in the boat uh, and what two hands on the side of the uh, canal. And the boat just kept on moving backwards and backwards and backwards until he was just... Oh, he was stretching he was out. Stretching, stretching, stretching. <laughs> I don't think I actually saw him actually go in. I think his friend helped him out, but oh, the panic. Oh, I love it. It's almost, face. it's almost worse. So I go, oh, fuck it. I'm getting in the water and just chinning it all off and just going, look, I'm going to be wet for the rest of the day. I can imagine you doing that after a couple of beverages. A couple of bevs. Beverages. Yeah, I'm not a water-based um, water bear. I'm not, a, no. I'm not a guy. I'm not a guy who uh, belongs in the sea. Um, should we have a few emails? All right, then we'll have a little break. break. All right, then. Yeah, so, basically, um, what I was thinking of was, um, oh, fuck, I can't believe you've done this. Oh, I just found out that, uh... Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass? So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. 
When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM. Gary Neville's uh, wearing the same glasses as me. That's an unwelcome... That's going to draw some unwelcome comparisons. As much as it pains me to say it, you actually look better in them. Oh, cheers, mate. Yeah. I appreciate that. You kind of got that NHS John Shuttleworth type vibe going on. <laughs> I love it, John Shuttleworth. Yeah, he's good. Uh, hello at LukeandPeteShow.com is, of course, the email address to get in touch with us. Um, loads of people have been doing it. We're very, very grateful. Mm. Um, I can't get through all the UFO emails. Everyone's got something to say. Everyone's got one, yeah. Shall we just kick off with uh, uh, a weird football? Yeah, 100%. Yeah. Alex, I was just wondering uh, if we could get any further emails on this topic. I'm an English teacher. Uh, he wants to talk about strange confiscations. Confiscations. Uh, and during the last week of summer, uh, the summer term each year, school is somewhat of an interesting place to be. Both staff and students are itching for term to end and things and sometimes get a little bit weird as a result. At the end of the most uh, recent academic year, I perhaps uh, confiscated the weirdest object I had seen a student have with them so far in my career. Admittedly, it's not that long. One morning uh, during the last week, I noticed a group of lads uh, kicking something around in the maths, maths block. Uh, I have attached an image of the object below. Uh, it's that. They were, kicking that. <laughs> they were kicking that around. A baby doll's a head. A baby doll's head. Being used as a football. Hairless head. Um, it sat on my desk all day. I'd informed the student he could come collect it at the end of the day. I didn't for a second think that he would and was already imagining how I would make use of it. Turn it upside down and perhaps use it as a pen pot. Um, yeah. Alas, I was unable to do so. To my surprise, the student actually came to collect it at the end of the day. When I asked him why he wanted it, he confirmed that it was in fact his sister's and at that morning... Uh, he'd chosen to decapitate his sister's doll for the sake of a game of football in the maths block. My thought, God. I want to have a kickabout. I don't have a ball. Let's get, steal my sister's doll it's like head. That, it's like that classic scene in Curve Your Enthusiasm where <laughs> he agrees to cut the doll's baby doll's hair. Right. And he has to go and find a replica doll <laughs> to, to replace it. And he ends up stealing a doll's head. Fantastic. That's, that's absolutely sinister, that. Did you ever t- did you ever take anything into school? Sort of weird. I'm sort of trying to think that. Yeah. I remember there was dress up day, and my mum and dad, um, or my mum wouldn't necessarily let me get involved with the. Oh yeah, that's right. It was dressy up day, and I hadn't, uh, as you can imagine, planned anything for dressy up day. Right. And I hadn't even mentioned it to my mum to be honest because I'd forgotten about it. Uh, and then on the morning, I was like, oh shit, it's dressy up day. I'm going to be disappointed if everyone uh, if everyone dresses up. We didn't um, have a dress up there at our school. We no, had, had like Muffy Day like, sometimes. No, no, this is like costumes. Yeah, to wear wow. costume. Um, and I, first of all, went, Mum, I need to dress you up. I'm, I'll get one of my sister's dresses. Uh, my mum said that probably wasn't a good idea. Like, welcome to 2019, bitch. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> well, it was literally like 1987. At yeah, the time, yeah, fucking I was blazing the trail. Yeah. yeah. You're so woke. So woke. Hartlepool's most woke kid. <laughs> uh, me and Lawrence, the Hartlepool, uh, the Hartlepool uh, supporter. Um, and then I went with, uh, I just stole a couple of towels and said, I'm going to be Julius Caesar. <laughs> just went in. Hang on. Went in, coming on. in towels. I've got, I've got questions here. What? One, why are you not going bed sheet for Julius Caesar? Why bed sheet? Because a toga is traditionally made like... In, in... Is it? I thought it was made of like a more of a toweling sort of situation. Are you uh, yeah. mad? Yeah, I'm looking at pictures now. I think, yeah, it, it probably was. That's number one. Two, sheet. how on earth do you know Julius Caesar was when you were like seven? I don't know. You just, it's, things just kind of go on your head, don't they? Please tell me there's photos of this. No, of course there isn't. 
Because the best of the top three... I don't know I wanted to uh, celebrate the fact that my first choice was a dress and my second choice was dirtying her towel. So I took a lot of towels into uh, school. I don't think I even put them on in the end, but I was going to... Oh, I was going to... <laughs> Like, why is there a dressy up there? Well, you need to send letters home if you want things like this, do Yeah, I think that's right. Yeah. I think that, that is traditionally how it was done at my school. They would send yeah. a letter back and you'd have to give it to your parents. I would say that, me, that many children did not dress up, so I wasn't. Uh, I didn't feel like I was... Well, I think it's kind of mean if you're, if you're from a, a poorer family. That's the whole, that's the whole mm. idea around school uniform, isn't it? Yeah. That really. I mean, it makes you behave in a certain way and feel like you belong to the school, but also it, it doesn't stigmatise people who can't afford expensive clothing. Hugely, that's why you're not allowed fancy trainers. Oh, is that right? Well, yeah, that's why you don't have, like, that's why you wear shoes rather than trainers. We were allowed to wear black trainers at school. Oh, really? Yeah. Pump it up. So you're allowed to pump it up. And in the summertime, we were allowed to wear a polo shirt instead of a shirt and tie. Oh, look at you, yeah. special. South Coast, mate. It's warm down there. Enjoy um, But on the, on the dressing up thing, Pete, the two, I wish there was a photo because my two favourite photos of you are one with you sat with your arm around a chimp, mm. which is amazing. And two, weirdly, although you maintain this was a photo taken in Hartlepool, you've mm. got a photo of you on top of an elephant. Oh, yeah, yeah. Both of them were taken at the same situation, I think. It was a rotten old elephant, wasn't it? It was a Both real... Both of them were taken at the same situation What your dad came home pissed with an elephant <laughs> and a chimp. <laughs> no, yeah, it was a, it was a circus, uh, a, a travelling circus. I think there's a fair going on over the, over the heath. I don't oh, imagine that... it's got elephants and chimps no, in it. it probably isn't, to be honest. Back, it's mad to think back London. in the 80s that was acceptable, you know? Yeah, but I mean, that elephant, it will be long dead. It looked on its last legs, on its last thick legs. Um, well, I wish it was still alive because we could ask it about you, and it would it would remember. It <laughs> would remember what Famously I was like remember. as a younger child. Kept on talking about dressy up. Time. Well, he's a right little shit. Um, when I worked at Tricross, though, um, obviously when you bury an elephant, you you know it's kind of hard to do because uh, they're massive. Uh, there were two auspicious lumps in the ground behind the uh, behind the education centre in Tricross, and uh, it was uh, where they buried an elephant or two. Really? Yeah. I never so. really thought about that. Yeah. Presumably, they would. I I always assumed they would be do- donated to medical science or something. Yeah. Uh, well, clearly not. I don't ever see who should be doing that. Just <laughs> chucking it in the back. <laughs> Big mound of earth. What's that? It's a dead elephant. <laughs> right. Where's your license? <laughs> I want to see your license here. Well, that's what they said anyway. Is this your incorrect. Is this your roundabout way of saying that you were in charge of dealing with the dead elephants? <laughs> I took my BMX. I don't think it over. I, to, have you ever ollied over a over an elephant? I don't think, think it should not. be like an episode of The Sopranos for you and your couple of mates by, with Whack it. car headlights under cloak of darkness did, burying them. You did me dirty. Yeah, at least take the ivory. <laughs> you, did, you did me dirty, Bumble. Bumble. Yeah. Bumble. Incredible. Well, what about this email Bumble. here, Peter, from James, who says, "Hi, Luke and uh, Donny." Yeah. I've always really enjoyed your shows, and I've got an email regarding UFOs. This was about ten years ago. I worked as a manager for Royal Mail and worked in an office in leafy Surrey. I would walk two miles to work and started at 5am. So while walking down a quiet road in the middle of the night with fields to one side and a nice detached house to the other, my attention was caught by a large light above one of the houses. It was just up ahead of me, and it was just above the two-storey house. The light was as bright as the moon and about the same colour, but it definitely was not the moon. It was circular and about twice as big as the house. Almost immediately, the light shot off silently into the sky at tremendous speed, leaving behind a trail of falling sparks in its wake. I just stood there gawping for a minute before finishing my journey to work. I'm not saying this was aliens, but it's nothing I can explain. I'd also not been drinking. Um, Cheers, James. Uh, He also says, thank you very much for keeping those of us who somewhat struggle with life uh, laughing. Well, you're very welcome, James. Thanks very much for saying that. On On the UFO thing, Pete, I think we should put together some kind of database because... These people, I mean, James here, perfectly normal chap, working for Royal Mail. Mm. He's a manager. He's got a management position. Mm. He's to be trusted. Mm. Doesn't sound like the kind of guy who'd be on the piss on his way to work. Mm. 
How is this happening? Euston? No. King's Cross slash on the way to Angel. There is a pub that used to be open at 6am for the postal workers. This was 4am. That's all I'm saying. Well, okay, well, you know. He's and he's in Surrey. He's miles away from there. <laughs> I could have popped in for a... For you try getting a beer at 4am in the leafy Surrey. No, God. Impossible. Can't get one at 4pm. No, exactly. Most, most weeks. I, I, I'm, I am interested in whether this is the mind playing tricks on us mm. or whether there's something afoot. I think it's the postal workers playing tricks on us. My, my general sort of go-to explanation for these kind of things mm. are that, is there a military base nearby? Are there right. some kind of unannounced military craft that we don't know about? Because if you think about it, that's probably fairly feasible. Yeah. Like the stealth bomber mm. or the Lockheed Blackbird. I mean, they're decades old. So there must be some new stuff coming along that we don't know about yet. Mm. Uh, and there are plenty of air bases in the, in the UK. In fact, there's a US air base, isn't there, out in Suffolk, Mildenhall? Mm. You know, some some things could are be going not, on there. Are we not just backing our? Are we just not backing our sight and sound? Uh, are we not backing our senses a bit too much here? Yeah, well, that's the other question, isn't it? How much does your mind just go crazy? Loads, of, loads of times, all the <clears> time. <throat> I got a little indivisible friend. I call him Luke Two. Is he more more he's of a, so handsome? Anthony oh. thinks he's more of a laugh than me. <laughs> <laughs> um, Pete, on on that as well. If you think about when you walk down the street, your brain is amazing at just filtering out things that you don't need, mm. right? The amount of information that's piling into your brain through mm. all your senses just by walking down the street. Yeah. House, house, tree, car, road, pavement, sunshine, wind, everything, birds. Yeah. You, I'm in a meeting. Yeah. I can filter out everything. I have seen you in a meeting filter out everything. <laughs> <laughs> I, have, I have definitely seen you do that. Just really focus on the uh, focus on the, the, the camera software. Oh, yeah. That's interesting camera yeah software. You're not doing anything at no. all. Um, the plot thickens. Hello at LukeAndPeacher.com if you've got anything to add to that. Um, I will try and build a database of where the sightings occurred. Be helpful if people told us the date so we could uh, we can sort of map and chart it and then <laughs> get to the bottom of it. Yeah. Uh, and this will inevitably end with our deaths when we storm some kind of US airbase uh, and die. That never happened in the end, did it? We should do that for episode two, 200. Should we, should, we, should we take our life into our hands storming <laughs> Area 51? Yeah. Um, here's an email from Connor Christie. Ooh. Um, Hello, chaps. With the recent talk of medical mistakes, mm. uh, what about this? I've always had an issue with one of my eyes. One is near on perfect and the other has a squint, a bit of double vision and short-sightedness. You can try to correct this with glasses, but if it doesn't work, it requires surgery. So picture this. I'm booked in. I turn up for surgery. I get the gown on, get the socks, and I have to have a quick chat with the surgeon. He has a nice chat to relax me then gets out a pen to start drawing on my face to highlight which eye to operate. He begins to draw on my face. On the wrong fucking eye. Oh, good God. He then asked me to confirm which eye it was, and to my amazement, they'd written down the wrong one on the form. Imagine waking up with two shit eyes. <laughs> Fantastic. That Cheers, is Connor. a never-should-happen moment. It's a never-event. I'm, I'm so glad uh, Connor was uh, awake for that. Mm. Just imagine if he'd just been asleep and they'd just done it anyway. Oh, wouldn't be great, would that, it? That, uh, that gives me the willies. Imagine really if he just woke does. up and he had like a massive butt implant. <laughs> <laughs> Big old booty at there. Yeah. yeah. I'd kill for that kind of behaviour. And then and as, as the surgeon, as you, as you come around with your big butt, the, <laughs> the surgeon just walks off and goes, goes, by the way, yeah, well, at some point you might want to get that eye looked at. <laughs> <laughs> I've got an email from Ben. Hello, Ben. Um, listening to your recent episode, 192, I think it was, you told a story about a man tackling uh, a lovely example of some topiary and hurting his shoulder. It's reminded me of a similar yet more horrifying story that I'd like to relate to you on your listeners. I wasn't in attendance when these events happened. My friend and his girlfriend were, 
and they told me the story. Any doubts I had of whether this story was true were squashed when I saw the horror in their eyes as they told me it. They attended a wedding that took place in a sunny uh, Spanish island, Menorca, I believe. A lovely day was had by all. Uh, wedding was beautiful, weather perfect, outdoor venue was superb. Towards the end of the evening, they were taking some photos with a photographer around the wedding cake. Unfortunately, uh, given the uh, hot climate, the cake being left out for the duration of the celebrations and the fact uh, it was a cream cake, when the happy couple tasted it, they realised that the cream had turned and the cake was inedible. Oh, grim. Oh, no. Not to let a good cake go to nah, waste, though. nuts. No, no. A queen gone wrong. Uh, not to let a good cake go to waste, though. Someone had the great idea of doing a funny photo for the camera, like pushing somebody's face into the cake. Hilarious. One of the bridesmaids volunteered to be the person to plunge her face into the cake. On the count of three, she went for it. The camera flashed and she face-planted the cake. This is where the horror began. As soon as her face hit the cake, she let out a blood-curdling scream, lifted her head back up to reveal a fountain of blood pouring everywhere. To use a phrase that Pete may be familiar with now, uh, that he's a bona fide uh, wrestling fan, uh, she was wearing the crimson mask. What nobody in attendance had realised, that there was a metal spike running through the cake Uh... to hold the tears in place. And the act of plunging her face into the cake, the uh, poor girl in fact plunged her face directly onto the said metal spike. The spike had deflected off the girl's nose bone and gone directly into her eye socket, prompting the bloodbath. Fortunately, and quite unbelievably, the spike had gone right in the corner of her eye socket so it completely missed her eye and anything else of vast importance so despite the blood and gore it was actually not a very serious injury uh, physically speaking psychologically speaking I can only assume everyone in attendance has been scarred for life I guess it's a relatively happy ending kind of ruined the wedding though uh, no surprise the event had clearly haunted the souls of my friend and his girlfriend and if I'm, I'm ever in the presence of anyone who wants to fool around with a cake I'll be diving across the rude bodyguard style uh, to stop them keep up the good podding uh, Ben Ben that was um, that was horrific has that ruined the wedding though? Has it ruined it? You've just impaled a bridesmaid. Not boring, is it? <laughs> it's not boring, no. It's a story. Yeah, true. She didn't get hurt. She was fine in the end. In the end. And the sponge cake would probably uh, work as some kind of... Buffer. Sponge. to soak. A sponge is, uh, you know, it soaks it's up name. So yeah, soak up the blood. Yeah, that is pretty horrific. That um, is pretty horrible, isn't it? Pete, this is a great story that came along uh, earlier today that I thought I'd in- include. Um, in Alaska, uh, a man in Alaska... Mm. was out looking for firewood um, a while back and he found a message in a bottle. Yes. Right. It turned out to be 50 years old and it was from Russia. And it said, Sincere greetings from the Russian Far East fleet mothership VRXF Sulak. I greet you who finds the bottle and request that you respond to the address Vladivostok 43 BRXF Sulak to the whole crew. We wish you good health and long years of life and happy sailing. 20th of June, 1969. It had travelled all the way from Vladivostok up to Alaska. Nice. It had taken 50 years to do so. That's fantastic. Yeah. I got, uh, I got, um, well, I didn't actually absolutely really did. Um, and I was reading the post because, and it's up for grabs. Um, this Japanese bloke in uh, Shinjuku had sent a, you occasionally get these from um, like ham radio enthusiasts or um, radio guys. Yeah. Um, because absolutes on AM, that obviously travels off fuck a lot yeah. of a distance yeah. um, and I guess you know in the future AM probably isn't going to exist so we're going to get less of these um, but yeah this, this this transmitter had managed this guy had managed to pick it up in I believe in, in Japan wow like the, the AM frequency I don't know how that's even possible but he says that was the case um, and yeah he picked up a bit of um, absolute or it might even have been it might even have been an internet stream, so that's less impressive. But either way, you get an email every, you get a letter every now and again from different parts of Europe and Germany and, and Russia, where all the ham radio enthusiasts are, basically saying, "Hi, I picked up your, um, I picked up your uh, music uh, on this frequency. Uh, can you let me know? Can you confirm that this is definitely a, uh, a viable um, FM frequency or AM frequency? Uh, could I definitely have done this?" Um, and and you do say you, yes. Do you love no. a bit of that, do you? 
well, I just like the idea of someone halfway around the world going, oh, I've just heard you on AM frequency. And what what a, what an amazingly attuned piece of machinery that guy's got. It's cool. And he's given us obviously an, also an international uh, post, um, like kind of postage stamp sort of thing. I think you go to the post office and you exchange it for British postage to send the letter back. That's cool. Which, which is what I'm intending to do, but I know full well it'll sit on my fucking desk and I won't do it. You lose it down the side of your game. Down the side of your chair. Um, they've tracked down this guy anyway who sent this message in a bottle, Captain Botsenenko, who's now 86 years old. Oh, I'm glad he's alive. Told about it, he reportedly burst into tears mm. and said, that doesn't look like my handwriting. Oh yes, it is. Look, East Industry Fishing Fleet, E-I-F-F. Um, and it turns out that he was uh, overseeing the construction of, of a boat and then he sailed on it until 1970, so it was him. Oh, that I like that a lot. Great story. Yeah. Great stuff. Yeah. Pete, when we are finally and inevitably, and trust me when I say this, it can't come soon enough, part ways, um, we should keep in touch by messages Bottle. and bottles. Yeah. <laughs> I'll send one up with Thames. Maybe we could get some cool um, walkie-talkies. Yes. From Argos. A bit like Stranger Things. Yeah. Uh, I've not seen that. Oh, jeez. Stop mentioning things I haven't seen. All right, let's get out of here, mate. Right. We're back on Monday with episode 197. Have You've a great... you yawning, you oh, Sorry, I'm tired. Jesus. Have a great rest of the week. It's almost the weekend, so you're nearly there. Enjoy right. the weekend when it comes, and we'll see you next week. Look after yourselves. Don't, and each other. Don't dive bomb any cakes. This has been a Stakhanov production. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.